Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales through your paid traffic for your business. I just listened to a couple of our past podcasts and I just realized that we're just really not that funny. Okay. So just cut out the humor. Entirely. I think we've been told that by a few of our listeners <laughs> to right. help see the That's light right. here. Yeah. And it's very annoying when we laugh at our own jokes. So I'm surprised we don't have more one-star reviews saying, Kasim and Ralph are just so smug. They think they're so funny together. They're actually really not funny at all. But the good news is, is that uh, we've got a guest here who is not only funny, smart, handsome, has great hair and can grow a great beard and knows a hell of a lot about measurement. And he's one of the non-posers in the attribution measurement game online. Although there are a few people that I still do love in this space, but most of them I can't stand. But Chris Mercer from measurementmarketing.io is with us on perpetual traffic for the first time ever, Kasim. And you know, we were joking before he stepped into the virtual green room that I think we canceled on him about seven or maybe eight times. This is maybe the eighth time we've rescheduled. You, you use that we, word we very liberally, Ralph. Yeah, a... I know. I'm blaming you for my inadequacies and bad scheduling, but I'm glad we did. I know you've got a history with Mercer. I've got a history with Mercer. We've known each other for like six or seven years. You've got a, you've got a history with him as well. What do you know about this Chris guy? Why is he on perpetual traffic? Yeah, you know, there's advice I've I've heard given to famous people not to make friends with your stalkers. Mercer did not take that advice. I have been following this dude. And I'm actually, so jokes aside, I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, it's it's not a sexy topic, which is part of the reason that Mercer doesn't get the visibility he deserves, because I truly mean what I'm about to say. I think he's the most important voice in digital marketing right now. I think he's been an exceptionally important voice for a very long time. I think given where we are with privacy first initiatives, I think the most important voice would come from a measurement expert. And I think Mercer's, for me, the measurement expert that resonates the most. He was one of the very first talks I saw at my very first traffic and conversion. Every single time I talk to this cat, I'm just like, I, I'm humbled because it reminds me of just how freaking stupid I am. And I think my head's going to explode. But more importantly, I'm inspired to go take action because the things that he teaches there, how Ralph, you say all the time, like the little hint is it moves the big door. This is it. This is it. So I know measurement isn't going to set anybody's hair on fire, but I'm telling y'all, if you want an episode of perpetual traffic that that's going to move the needle for you, bet money, this is the one that's coming. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, this is the one. So we're going to get into that and everything Chris Mercer and measurement marketing right after this quick commercial break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Occasionally, I'll go back. I'll go back to listen to episodes and be like, 
You know, I remember us being a lot funnier in that episode than like we think that we are. It was the Keynes digital one. I was like, I remember I was like, yeah, we were so funny. And then I went back and I listened to him like, we weren't funny at all. Like nothing was humorous. So anyway. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here with Chris Mercer from measurementmarketing.io, also the founder of Measure Summit, which I guess this, this is a pretty popular summit. I didn't realize it was so damn popular that he does with a partner of his. We're really excited to have him on the show here. A longtime friend in the DM space. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic, Chris Mercer. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming. We are finally here. We made it happen. I know. I know. <laughs> All jokes aside. Um, so glad you're here. Finally, like Kasim said, we do tend to use a little hyperbole here in inside perpetual traffic. And what he said about the most important person in the space right now, I don't think that's overstated because it's the first thing. It's that I just got off a call with a brand new customer, our first sort of pre pre onboarding call. Mm -hmm. And we talked about measurement for half the call. Yeah, It mm -hmm. wasn't about like, oh, what creatives are you guys going to create? It was exactly what we're talking about here today. So maybe if we could start off just unless people have been living under a rock for the last year, measurement online has fundamentally changed in a lot of ways. So maybe you can give us sort of a, a state of the union as far as where we've been, where we're at right now, and maybe where you sort of see things going and we can kind of get into some of the specific tactics that'll help people be able to measure their online activity, ad dollars, return on ad spend, CPAs, all the sorts of things that are important for businesses that are listening to the show here today. Yeah, I think where we find ourselves as marketers now, there's really sort of three super storms that are colliding into one big giant storm. So the first is tech. And that was the thing, obviously, Apple and Facebook had their tiff in early 2021. But the tech companies are 
changing the infrastructure. They control the infrastructure that we're all on, right? So Apple changed things on Facebook because they obviously own the infrastructure with in terms of app permissions and things along those lines, which freaked out Facebook, which freaked out the world because they were caught off guard. So they freaked out everybody saying, hey, Apple hates small businesses, which of course is not true, but you know, it's just marketing. So that happened. But Apple's been doing that for a long time. Apple did it a couple of years back with Safari when they were changing how long certain cookies stayed in place. They eventually got rid of third-party cookies with Safari, their browser. Google is going to be doing that. So third-party cookies are going to be going away uh, sometime probably in 2023, kind of most current truth on that. So the tech is changing rather dramatically. The people who are in charge of tech are adjusting the infrastructure, they're adjusting the rules. And that's going to make it harder to measure, right? Not easier, it's going to make it hard. So that's already happening. Then you've got laws, uh, which of course everybody knows the poster child, which is GDPR that came out of Europe. But there's California's got theirs. The U.S. is going through negotiations to create its probably based somewhat off of California. But all countries are going to have laws where data and privacy are going to become kind of first and foremost. And what's happening is the the way to really think about the laws is it's the direction is changing of of who controls what. So instead of, oh, well, if I go to Facebook and like something on Facebook, Facebook owns that data. That's sort of the older paradigm. What the laws are doing are basically saying, no, Facebook does not own that data. The user owns that data because it is their click, but they can allow Facebook to use it. And the, the reason that's such a subtle shift is because that implies that if I own the data that I can go to Facebook and say, remove that data, I don't want you to have it anymore. And that's where a lot of this stuff is, you know, why the tech is changing some of this so they can give people control over their data and allow them to adjust that. So you've got the tech thing that's changing. You've got the laws that are changing and constantly go said, there's gonna be more, not less when it comes to laws. And then you have users themselves, which is really the thing that kicked off the other two. So users, if they are on, let's say you're using Chrome right now, there's a decent chance that there's an ad blocker extension that's on their Chrome right now because they didn't want to see all the ads all day long. There's a chance that they're just not even using Chrome. They're using browsers like Brave or Vivaldi is kind of a newer one on the market where these browsers just make it so you can't be measured anyway, right, by default. So you have users that don't want to be measured. You have laws that are making it uh, harder to get privacy and consent stuff on your sites and, and to measure and get permission to be measured. You've got tech, which is making it technically a little more challenging to measure. And so that's sort of where we were and where we currently are. And as far as like where we're headed, it's going to be more of the same. And this is the scary thing, I think, for most marketers that just aren't ready for this world is that every day, practically, it is getting more difficult to measure. So the way that I really do think about it is every every month, every week, every year, I'm going to be able to measure less people on my site. It does not mean they're not there. It just means that I won't be able to measure them as easily as maybe I could 10 years ago, because just the world is going to be different. But that's okay. And that's where learning measurement as a skill is. And it's kind of nice when you were talking about the company that's like, you talked about measurement for half the call. That's an important thing to have conversations around because if you don't know what your results are, right, but you more importantly don't know how you're getting those results, good or bad, you don't know what actions to take if you don't understand the how stuff. So understanding, having a company that is measurement focused, understands their measurement, understands how to deal in a world where you're just going to have to take sample sizes, right? Facebook's moving to modeling attribution and all that stuff to handle it. So is Google Analytics 4 with, with their platform. So it's like, you know, getting, understanding how to, how to, really work with measurement in, in a company culture, how to make measurement a department in your company, as opposed to just like a project that's done off to the side is an important mindset shift, I think for most people. And that's what's, that goes into the, you know, that future conversation, like what are people, where do we do in the future? It's going to be that measurement's going to be brought to the top of the front of the table, right? When it comes to like, here's this new customer journey we're going to do this new sales funnel we came out with. Okay. Before we build anything, how are we going to measure it all to make sure it's working the way we think it's supposed to be working? 
and then measurement comes to the table and then the bills happen and then traffic hits. And, and I think a lot of that's already starting to happen, but it's definitely going to continue to happen because of the super storm that we're currently in. So as far as measurement goes itself, it sort of was always something that was, you know, especially if you're an advertiser, it was just per platform and was good enough. I mean, we survived years and years and years without really 30 third party platforms, without even using Google Analytics for crying mm -hmm. out loud. Like the, the, the measurement was good enough. Like what's the next evolution for, for a business aside from saying, okay, this might be a line item on my P&L to make sure that I have a, a good measurement department or a dev department in order to be able to, to safeguard this? Or is, is the recommendation for everybody to move to their own proprietary platforms and invest in that? Like, where's the middle ground here to make up for where this blind spot is? Because those spots are going to be getting wider and wider yeah. as time goes on, as you say. Like, what would be your recommendation? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So, it depends what you're trying to get from your measurement system. I would personally recommend that your measurement system is very results and how focused. So it's there to answer the question, what results are we getting for sure? Things like ROI and ROAS and CPA and all the normal stuff that I think people can, can get from a million different platforms. But more importantly, measurement should be there to tell you how you are achieving or not achieving that particular result. I think a lot of people get caught up in, in what I call the curse of a good offer where it's like, hey, we advertise on Facebook. We gave them a hundred bucks and Facebook gave us 200 bucks. So we said, cool, let's double our money. Let's do 500 bucks and Facebook gives us a thousand. And finally they're like, cool, let's get Facebook $5,000 and Facebook keeps it. And then the first thing they do is they say, okay, but what broke? What, what do we need to adjust? And no one knows because nobody cared to actually set up all the measurement. So they can't tell how their machinery is working. And for me, that's a super scary place to be. The only thing worse than not knowing how you fail is not knowing how you are succeeding. And so measurement tells us that it literally gives visibility into the machinery of your business, specific to, in this case, to your marketing and how the marketing's working. So like in our example, we measure, we know how many people were asking to buy our various products. We know how many of those are going to be considering that, taking the, taking the next natural step to considering the purchase, how many of those are actually going to purchase at what average ticket to cause the revenue to happen. But we're not trying to chase revenue. We're trying to measure for those activities and focus the team on getting those activities done because we understand that results are just a symptom of those activities, right? Like the results are going to naturally be a byproduct of the activities that we do. And as a company, we have to focus on the correct activities to make sure that results sort of take care of themselves, you know, if that makes sense. Mercer, is it that simple? Like, you know, how, the number of impressions I got leads to the number of clicks. Mm -hmm. The number of clicks I have leads to the engagement. The engagement that I have leads to, let's say, the, the schedule, the, the number of calls booked. The number of calls I have leads, so on and so forth. Yeah. Is it truly just measure each inflection point against an end result? That way, when the result isn't what I want, I can go and I can see where the inflection point changed. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, that's exactly how I would look at it. Because it is, because to your point, it is simplifying it, right? As opposed to right. the, because it's so easy to get frustrated and overwhelmed by all these platforms that exist and everybody's got some push button simple thing. Or not, maybe it's a, a really robust platform, but that's even more complicated to learn, right? And, but, but they don't know why they're trying to learn them. And so my background was primarily in, in sales management, kind of growing up through the world. So I'm very used to measuring everything and looking at everything from like a pipeline perspective. So when I was working with sales team and training the sales team at whatever you know, organization I was a part of, it was always, okay, well, if you want this many sales, you know, to equal this much of a commission, well, let's back that out. How many people do you have to talk to to get that sale? Well, how many of those have to be qualified? Well, how many of those, how many eventually to the point of how many times do you have to pick up the phone, right? Mm. And now it's like, cool, pick up the phone that many times. Just do that. And by the law of trends and patterns, you will more often than not produce the result you're trying to produce. But at least you can focus your activity 
properly. You can focus your, your, your mindset on getting the activities done that you need to get done, knowing that the results do, for the most part, take care of themselves. Now, that said, you don't just assume that's the case and then just blindly keep going forward. Like you are always measuring against that. So like when we do our forecasts, we'll have those numbers measured out, right? How many people are we going to ask this week? We can do it by week. So it's how many people by week are we going to ask? How many of those will consider? How many of those will uh, actually purchase that wet average ticket? And then of course, that's our projections. And we have those done for a year out by week for the year. And then we will measure against that to see, okay, did this happen? If so, why do we think it happened? Like, was it because of the plan that it worked? Was it you know, some weird seasonality issue or whatever. And if it didn't, which is the more important question to ask, why did and what can we do to get the numbers back to where we want? So maybe the funnel itself, right? That customer journey works just fine. In other words, the percentage of people who consider and the percentage of those people who purchase is good, but maybe we didn't have enough traffic. If that's the number of the software, well, cool. Now the team focuses on traffic and getting eyeballs to the offer. But if the offer itself isn't performing the way it needs to, then it doesn't, the traffic part isn't going to be the, the thing to really focus on. It's maybe the efficiency of the, the copy. And then we go into measuring the on-page stuff um, where we can measure, like, did they even investigate the offer? Like, do we need to fix the offer or do we need to fix the headline? Well, if you just see a page view in your Google Analytics or something like that, where they loaded the page, like that's okay, but you don't know what the actual behavior was. Did they load that page and leave in a few seconds? Cause it was like completely wrong. Or did they load that page, scroll up and down, spend 30 minutes looking at stuff and then leave? Because you have two different mm. two different audiences there, right? So if you know those two different behaviors because you measure for it as a company, because you have a measurement culture in your organization, you can now do things like creating audiences in Facebook or wherever else. And now you can have completely unique but relevant conversations to different groups of people based upon the behaviors that they're actually leaving behind. Hey, it's Gossam here and I have another question for you. What would your business look like if you had 55% more traffic, 67% more leads, and 30% more revenue on top of what you're already producing? Would that make a big difference in your bottom line or even your bank account? Well, those are the statistics for businesses that blog consistently. And I think the reason is simple. It's because Google wants to recommend websites with helpful content. Here's the problem. If you're like me, you don't have the time to sit down and write blogs. And even if I did manage to get enough words on the page, none of it's going to be any good. So if you're in that same position, I want to recommend our buddies at BKA Content who will write all of your blogs for you. They'll do all the research and all the writing. So all you have to do is copy and paste. If you want to try them out, they're giving PT listeners 50% off. That's 5-0% off their first month. Just go to BKAContent.com forward slash perpetual. That's BKAContent.com forward slash perpetual. I've got a question for Ralph. I'm about to throw my skunks on the table because half of our listeners are agencies. And I can tell you as an agency, I do not do this for my clients. As a matter of fact, I tell my clients up front, I completely abdicate responsibility. We're responsible for driving traffic. We want that traffic to be relevant. We're obviously going to measure your success against the, the traffic optimization, but I'm not going to dive into your sales process, for instance. Because it's, I can't, there's, there's right. no way for me to, to influence that. And so I've basically thrown my hands up and said, I'm going to send you what I hope is good traffic. The more feedback you give me, the better the traffic's going to get. But it, there's a disconnect there. And there's a pain point. And I can tell that some of my clients are like, gosh, I really want this from you. And I'm like, I, I don't want to, I can't, it's too hard. It's a whole nother triple PhD. Google's hard enough. Leave me alone. So I'm curious, Ralph, your perspective, A, because I know you do a lot of full funnel stuff. Do y'all do this? And if so, how deep do you dive? I think we start with the simple 
things. We sort of look at it as like we build it out one step at a time. And and this is maybe a, a question back to Chris as to like, are we doing it the right way? Uh, well, we have a customer that comes to us and says, hey, you know, I want you guys to run my Facebook ads because that's what we're kind of known for. We do a lot more than that, but that's fine. Like start there. So we look and we see like, all right, where are the holes? Where are the where are the leaks in the bucket? Where are the holes in the bucket somewhere? And we use this process called diagnose, prescribe, implement, iterate. So we'll diagnose like where is the issue? Is it a CPA? Is it is it a ROAS issue? Like, and where is that? Where's the prescription? Is it well, you haven't changed out your image ads in the last year and you're using the same dynamic product ads that you haven't updated your catalog and you've never used a video ever. And oh, by the way, you're squashing all your cold traffic with your purchasers, with your add to carts, with your with your view contents, with uh, your page views, with your video audiences, and you have no idea like what message they're getting where. I have a pretty good idea of what the plan is based upon what that is. They need creative. <laughs> they need messaging and ideation. They need campaign structure. They need the five levels of traffic, which we used to refer to as the the ad amplifier, which is five ways in which to approach the same type of traffic, but in different using different assets based upon where they are and what we refer to as the customer acquisition path. Like that's a whole thing. That's everything before the click. But if that's the issue, that's what we focus on. But in some cases we'll say, all right, your ads actually look really good. You've got all this stuff, but then they go to your landing page, especially for cold traffic and your conversion rate is 0.01%, which I think you guys could admit that's a pretty dismal conversion rate, even for retargeting traffic. So what's the real problem? The problem is probably your offer and it's probably your landing page. And it's probably, you know, a lot of things that are after the click. Sometimes it's both. So in that way, we'll deploy a resource, we'll make a, a diagnosis and then prescribe a solution. And then the, the implementation part is us actually doing the work. And where do we focus our time? And sometimes it's Google. A lot of times it's Facebook is the easiest part. But sometimes we'll have a customer that comes in. It's like, it's all after the click to start. Like we won't even do anything. Like we'll help them with their offer augmentation. That's a whole other service. But I, m from my perspective, it's just it's a control issue because of what Mercer's saying here is like, if you go in and you do all this measurement, how much control do you have an as an agency have over every aspect of the entire journey over the entire customer acquisition path from mm -hmm. our perspective. And we use measurement as a means in which to diagnose and then focus in on a solution for that. But I don't think a lot of agencies look at it that way. I think there's some that do that. Some are full funnel, some are, ads some are just google like what you guys do but i think there's plenty of business that's out there we just have found like we really enjoy working with all the aspects of it and quite honestly it's like i said before it's kind of a control thing because we do subscribe to like the mercer viewpoint of like we look at all the analytics probably not like how he does it here but there's going to be clues along the way as to why things aren't working and then you extrapolate those clues and say, all right, now I've figured out what the diagnosis is. Here's your prescription. We're going to augment your offer. We're going to change out your landing page. We're going to rewrite your sales page, all that sort of stuff. Or we're going to restructure all your ads or start with new messaging and creative. And it starts with measurement. Measurement is the key to everything. Mm.
Yeah, that's that's exactly right because it gives you visibility into how things are working or not working. That's that's exactly right. Like so, the way that we'll go through, like we have a certified measurement marketing program where we train agencies to be able to offer this as a service, offer measurement as a service. But there are a lot of traffic agencies that'll take that because they have a retention issue, right? Maybe they got the whole ninety yeah. every ninety days. There's a new agency spinning through the door, and they don't want to be the next one. And most of the time, it's because an agency can't properly explain what happened to the dollar I just spent, right? right. Um, and that's a, that's a problem. So if, as an agency, if you have measurement skills in-house, even if it's for your clients, but you're able to measure those, you're better able to tell the story of what happened and what that actually did. So like in our case, mm -hmm. we'll measure three different stages through a journey. So there's like, for us, we've got the Measure Market Academy. It's like our DIY membership program, right? So we'll send to off-site brand aware. So when we do this podcast, you're going to let me know, hey, the podcast is live. We're going to send traffic to it and we're going to send them all to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast you know, pages, right? So go listen to the pages and now we've got this nice retargeting audience, which is what we call off-site brand aware. Well then, so now we've got that audience on the platform because they're not coming to our pages. So now, but we've got a good retargeting audience of people who are somewhat interested in the topic. So now we, and plus all the other you know podcasts that we've sent to. So now we can advertise what we say on-site brand aware. So we'll bring them to maybe a blog post or something like that. And what we're measuring for is, are they on our page for at least 10 seconds, right? So now if they are, it wasn't just a click and yeah, I'm out of here. It's click. Okay. Let me, let me, you know, play around a little bit. So now I've measured for the behavior of somebody who was, didn't really understand who we were, or what we were listening to the podcast, or at least interested in listening to the podcast. Now I'm retargeting. Okay. Let's go ahead and, and get into this blog post, which can give you a little more a deeper dive on a specific topic, whatever it is. Now I've got, okay, you've raised your hand through the behaviors, right? That you've taken to let me know, yes, let's continue this journey with the brand. So then it might be another, an ad that comes through. That's like, okay, the ad's job is purely to make you aware, right? I'm thinking about customer stages, aware of the measure marketing academy program. And that's all the job is of the ad is for. So we'll set the objective of the ad to make them aware. That's all it's there for. Now, if they accidentally buy great. But that's not what the ad's supposed to do. The ad's supposed to make you aware of it. So for us, we would also measure that as you've seen the Academy page, the offer page, and you saw it for at least 10 seconds. That would be an awareness signal for us. And then immediately you'll get kicked into another retargeting group if you don't buy, which is, okay, we got to get them actually um, engaged with this, right? So you have to be aware of the product or service that we're offering, in this case, the Measure Marketing Academy. Then we have to get them engaged, right? So if they were aware, but they didn't trigger that engagement signal, then Facebook's going to flip ads and say, hey, let's come up with some reasons to engage in the academy. So maybe the messaging instead of, hey, the academy is a thing type of ads, it becomes more, here's who's using the academy to grow their business, right? Or here's the, how measurement is helping this person from this person's perspective, right? And then finally, there's the complete. Did they complete the journey we wanted them to complete? So then if they trigger the awareness and they and that flips and let's say they don't buy, they come back and they click on an ad that now gets them to engage a little more. And now they're really, and we'll, at that point, what we're trying to measure for isn't, are you there 10 seconds? It's, did you investigate the offer? So in our case, there's a little pricing table at the bottom of the page. Did you look at that part of the page where the offer actually is for at least four seconds in your viewable browser window? And so, and think mm. about that as a behavior, right? That is, that is not an, a hard thing to measure for. Just most companies, that's the first time I've even thought you could do that, right? So yeah. it's like, well, now we can measure, did they, did they actually investigate the offer? Are they engaging with this offer or not? And if they didn't, then we recycle them through a bunch of ads designed within a period of days to get them to engage or we clock them out. It's like, hey, they're just, they're not interested, which is fine. But if they do engage, right, they, they actually are investigating that offer and they don't purchase, but then the ads can flip again. And then it might become a little bit more urgency scarcity messaging, right? I mean, we don't discount the product, but, but the, if we did, that's where I would put in like, oh, 20% off coupon next 24 hours. Like, cause it's really trying to get on a push over the line because at that point, you know, 
They are aware of the program. They actually investigated the offer, right? They actually looked at the offer for four seconds, showing some sort of investigative behavior that they were possibly into it and considering it, but they didn't go over the line. So let's give them things to go over the line with now, right? And so that's just an example of how traffic can team up with measurement and one, one can absolutely feed the other. I'll give you mm-hmm. another example. We have something called the eyes and the journey reports where a lot of this comes from. And we call it the eyes and the journey because every stage starts with an eye. That's kind of where it gets its name from. So the, the idea is like, imagine like a long form sales copy, right? Which is what the measure marketing academy is. It's a, it's a, the offer itself is a long form sales copy page. So we measure when the page first loads, which of course we call the impression. It's easy. So when the page first loads, it's an impression. When they are there 10 seconds later, we trigger an introduced event to, a, you know, so we tell Google Analytics they're introduced. We tell Facebook they're introduced, right? Google ads introduced. Then we have, are they interested? Like, is the copy actually interesting them? Because the one it measures above the fold, did we match the expectation from the ad? If they're there 10 seconds later, the ad probably did its job. It said it's, they're still there. So just real quick, Chris, I don't want to break your train of thought, but you've used the line of demarcation of 10 seconds multiple times. Yeah. Just curious as to whether or not that's a data-driven decision. It is in terms of like, it is and it isn't. It is in terms of like all data starts with a guess, right? But mm. that number has worked to be able to separate out how many people are really the accidental clickers or the bot traffic or whatever happen to be there versus like actual humans that want to be there. So that 10 yeah. seconds has been a pretty good thing for us. Anything less we will use, but for different types of pages, for example, a cart page, we wouldn't do 10 seconds because there's less to a cart page. So we do that at five seconds because a cart page is like, hey, if you leave the within five seconds, you probably weren't coming there for with any sort of real intention of buying. But if you're there still five seconds later, there's something that you're looking for or want to do on the cart page. So we will adjust it based on that. But 10 seconds overall is pretty good. Some companies will go a little higher based upon their business model. And if it works for you, absolutely. The trick isn't what the number is so much as is that you measure for that very somewhat early journey, certainly within the first minute. Are they still there? Right. Did they, yeah. did they actually show like engagement uh, in early engagement, quick engagement? Um, yeah, and- we call that predictive indications of intent. Yeah. The thing that I struggle the most with, and, and maybe this isn't worth the departure, y'all, so stop me if this tangent isn't valuable. The digital tracking, I'm good at. And uh, because our team went through your course, my whole team has gone through measurement marketing. And I recommend it to everybody here. I'm not an affiliate, but it's been game changing for us. I truly think one of the reasons we hit number one as a Google Ads agency is because we focused on measurement. Everybody else focused on creative. Not to say creative isn't important. It is. And it's getting more so. But the focus on measurement really set us ahead. But when it goes from digital to analog, it feels impossible to move our clients. So like e-commerce and SaaS, easy clients for me to have because I can see everything they make all the way to the end and even the lifetime value of the cart if I, if I have access to the CM, CMS or CRM. But if I'm producing leads, scheduling appointments, anything where I now need human intervention, I have I, – I can't – dude, I'm so frustrated by it. I can't get people to – and the bigger the organization, the worse it gets. The harder you it think is, they'd be yeah. able to put in safeguards or have middle management that police it, but like reporting in the CRM, just letting me know show, no show. Yeah. You know, like that, it's asking the impossible. And so when we have clients leave or have clients mad, they're almost always lead gen clients. And it puts me in a position. It's why I throw my hands up and said, I'm not tracking this. Yeah. Because even if we put the tracking mechanism in place, you're not going to use it. So curious as to whether or not you have anything that like gets that across or helps maintain compliance? That's a really great question because it goes to what Ralph was actually saying when he when he brought up the fact that they talk so much about measurement to their clients, right? Because you have to have a culture of measurement. And if the client doesn't have that, giving them the tools, they're not going to integrate with it. So it's, it's a mm. waste. So having that conversation, I think upfront with the client, like how would you know that these are good quality leads? Well, if we have, you know, at least 30% of them 
have these characteristics. Okay, well, how will I know that they will have those characteristics? How do you guys measure that right now? And so it could be like tying into whatever existing thing that they already have. But if they're not measuring for it, then, you know, you're sort of, you can't have that conversation with them, right? Because they don't have the mechanism to tell good from bad. They just know, I don't know, we just got to go through a hundred. We'll know at least one of them will close. Okay, then I guess we'll just do that. And and you measure what you can't. I'm a big believer in like get good enough to get going, come back and make it better later. So you make some progress when it comes to your to your measurement systems. But it isn't impossible at all. It's not a hard problem to solve, but there does have to be willingness on the organization to solve it. And it could be something to your point, very simple, like, hey, fill out this form and let us know, put it in this spreadsheet. And I do a lot of that, like because most companies are doing some sort of measurement for that stuff. And it's like, well, how do you, well, we have a spreadsheet people fill out. Great. I want access to that. I'll pull that information in and then, you know, build a little report that shows, you know, here's what we're generating. Here's what those percentages are, you mm. know, and then if we, you know, again, it goes beyond the scope of what your services are, but that's where you could measure and say, okay, you're talking to a lot of leads and these other companies we talked to, they close half of them. You're only closing 10% of them. My guess is all things being equal, there's something you're saying on the phone calls that's different from what they're saying. Maybe that's what you look Dude, at. Dude, what right? you just said is huge. If I could give customers benchmarks, because we have mm-hmm. 200 clients, so I could find someone analogous. Yeah. I could say, hey, you feel as though you're underperforming. That's a wicked value bomb, Mercer. I appreciate you being my therapist there for 15 seconds. If you're listening, I hope you understand now why I think Chris is the most important voice in digital marketing at the moment. Mercer, people want to dive deeper, learn from you, hire your certified folks. Like, Where do they go? What do they do? Sure. Great question. So if you're looking for, we have a ton of free training on our YouTube channel. So if you want to subscribe to that, it's measurementmarketing.io forward slash YouTube, and it'll take you to the page where you subscribe to the channel. We get a ton of training for beginners, for more advanced stuff, for the different platforms. It's all organized by playlists there. Otherwise we do have a a free membership. So obviously people want to really dive into this and go join the Academy, but we do have a free membership. That's got a ton of tools as well as free training. And that's like, we have a tracking traffic cool kit. There's an optimization pipeline planner back there. There's a forecasting tool back there amongst other things, dashboard templates and, and things like that, all free. Um, and that's what we call the measurement marketing toolbox. So it's just the name and email. And if anyone's interested in that, just go to measurementmarketing.io forward slash perpetual. And that'll take you to that page. Again, measurementmarketing.io forward slash perpetual. So thank you so much, Chris. I guess eight times invites actually is the charm here. We're probably going to have to do this as a two-parter. So not only do you get more people listening, but you actually probably get two shows out of it. So it was worth all the inconvenience of me, yours truly, and my bad scheduling. But it was so worth it. And I think, man, there's so many nuggets here. So if if this is an area of your business which you just sort of glossed over and said, eh, you know, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. I'll just focus on my traffic and my offer. Well, you don't know what's good in any one of those unless you actually know your measurement. So, and those are the two things that we talk about here and obviously conversion rates, everything that's after the click and all the traffic sources, everything else. None of this really matters unless you have what we talked about on this episode. So go back and listen to this. Definitely go grab some free resources from Chris. Make sure you check out everything over uh, at measurementmarketing.io with Chris. Thanks so much for coming on today. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 